Good Friday, the Bill Michael Show. Ben, is that breaking news sounder worthy? I don't think so. I don't think so, but it's breaking news. It's important. It's important uh, to a certain extent. No, Aaron Rodgers has not been traded. We're going to get into the news out of New York coming up here momentarily. However, a change. A change because of the pitch clock. For the first time in memory, according to Adam McCowie, the Brewers, the Brewers are now going to permit fans to buy beer beyond the seventh inning. Yeah. You know why? Because they're losing money. I told you, games are going too fast, man. That's the reason why. Yeah. Games are going too fast. So that extra beer that they were selling to, you know, the fans, that extra 10, 20, 30,000 that they would normally make in beer sales uh, off of just three cans of beer. <laughs> you do need a credit app when you go buy beer at the, at the ballpark. Uh, and God forbid you're a mixed drink drinker. <laughs> Holy crap. Uh, we were down there uh, the other day, and I saw one guy. He bought uh, it was like a Jack and Coke or something. It was over at the bar down the 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 line. <laughs> he gets one shot, a cup of ice, little splash of Coke, and one of those small glasses. <laughs> he said that'll be twenty seven dollars. He went, "What? Excuse me, what? Excuse, uh huh?" <laughs> it was like, "Holy mackerel!" Uh, but, yeah, they are now going to allow you to buy the uh, the adult beverages after the seventh inning because the game's ending or the games are ending so quick. You don't have that extra half hour, 45 minutes to sit down and do a little imbibing. So, yeah, they're going to, you know, hey, sobriety, responsibility, it's always there. We want to cut you off. We want you to be responsible. We want you to be good-paying citizens. Make sure you come back. We don't want to put you on the road with a beverage in your hand. Unless, of course, it's going to cut into our bottom line and then gas it up, baby! Gas it up! So So this is how they respond to that dude peeing on the concourse. Yeah. That's a bold move. People taking whizzes on the concourse right then and there. What do you want to do? That's all right. We got mops. We got mops. Anybody ever find out who that guy was, by the way? Did he get arrested? Did he get ticketed? You know, they put put cuffs on him, so to speak. Cuffs are all rusty now. Uh, But, yeah, now they're going to – which, look, I've always felt, you know – it, it, cutting off that stuff, ah, I get it. It's it's more appearance purposes, you know. Because what happened was is most people in the sixth inning were buying two. Didn't make sense. Uh, well, so it would suck because the second beer you would buy, if it's a can, they would open it. So by the time right. you get to that to drink it, if it's a tall boy, yeah. it, it's kind of flat. Right. And during the summer, it's definitely warm as all hell. Oh, it's warmer. Yeah. Oof. That's why, see, this is where you run into the problem. Because what you do, you gargle it, you you down the first one, and then you're sipping on the second one as the rest of the game plays out. Which means you get gassed a little quicker. That's what, you know, not that I have any experience in that, but that's what I heard. According to a friend. 
877-867-1670. Now, off to the news out of New York. So we all know that Craig Carton set the world on fire with the Carton Show on WFAN in New York. And he said that the 49ers are sniffing around. They're lifting a tail. The rear end of the dog right there. And the dog being the Green Bay Packers are sniffing around. They're wanting to jump into the mix. It could happen, possibly, maybe, sort of. He said it. He said nobody's refuted it. Therefore, nobody no, nobody in uh, the 49ers organization has refuted that rumor. So he says, therefore, it's true. You can believe me. My sources are, are confirmed. Meanwhile, his uh, co-host, Evan Roberts, on the same program, says, no, 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 no. The Green Bay Packers, he said, quote, they needed to find a lemon. They needed to find somebody that could just put the message out there to scare the Jets, Joe Douglas, to try to get this thing over the finish line. And then he said to Carton, you just happen to be that lemon. But right now, this is all an attempt. And he said, and I give the Packers credit. It's creative. It's all an attempt to scare the Jets. Craig, you're doing nothing wrong. Just remember, you're being used. So he's basically saying that the source that he has is coming out of the Packers organization, and that Packers organization is now seeping into New York to give him that little bit of a, hey, guess what? We've got interest from the 49ers. That would be a consideration. That would be a place Rodgers would go. So therefore, throw that out there on New York radio. And that set the world a spinning, didn't it? We talked about it. Others talk- I said all along, I didn't think it was going to happen. Never thought that would happen. Thought that would be a, a long, 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 long shot at best. It makes sense. But Rodgers has stated he wants to play for the Jets. Now, if he'd back out, he would. Rodgers would look bad. The Packers might not look too good. But the Jets could also say, fans could also say, well, the Jets, they fumble the ball before they cross the finish line. Okay. But, uh, but no. No. You know what the uh, the big picture of the day over there on uh, the Carton Show was today, by the way, Ben? The big picture? The big picture. Oh, is it Rogers at the Crystal Shop? No, it was not. It was Tim Boyle sitting there signing his contract. Awesome. I kid you not. It was Tim Boyle signing the contract to, to be a New York Jet. The former Green Bay Packer backup quarterback signing his contract with the uh, New York Jets to be the backup to whomever it happens to be at this point. How about that video of Boyle pushing Rodgers over from three training camps ago? I uh, didn't even see it. Did it resurface? Well, yeah, it, it was a joke, but everybody yeah. brought up that right. Aaron Rodgers' assaulter went to the Jets. Huh. <laughs> uh, I remember the video from a while back, but I didn't see it. I didn't see it pop back up. Then again, I didn't do much this morning on uh, – on the net, so to speak, with the meetings. But, yeah. So, Carton, uh, Carton's co-host, Evan Roberts, says, no, you're being used, dude. You're being used. You are the lemon that the Packers are squeezing. Albeit creatively, I give, I give him credit, but Carton's saying, no, no, it's real. I'm telling you, the 49ers have not refuted it. Therefore, it's true. And he's right. The 49ers have not refuted it. Nobody in the Bay Area that we've seen has said, no, the 49ers say they're not interested in Aaron Rodgers. They're not sniffing around. But the, but the 49ers, let's be honest, they don't have anything. You know, you've got the, the, uh, 
you've got to the, the Jets sitting there with some legitimate, you know, commodities. They've got some draft choices the Packers could latch on to and say, okay, we make it, maybe can make something out of this. It, it's kind of like one guy comes to the table and wants to buy dinner, and he throws down. He says, like, how much is it? And he, he they say, oh, it's going to be $55. He's like, eh, I got 50 Here you go. And you're kind of waiting for him to take it. And another guy says, I'll take that dinner, and shows up at the table, and he opens his pants pockets, and it's Spicoli. And he's got, like, some change and a condom wrapper and, you know, some other, like a, a smashed up, you know, napkin. You're not even sure what it is. It's got a booger in it or he wiped his mouth, you know. And he's got lint and it's flying out. He's got more change and he's got the crumpled up dollar bills. That's the 49ers coming to the table. <laughs> that's the 49ers showing up. <laughs> so, that's, uh, that's, that's the difference between the two. The the Jets actually had have draft capital where the 49ers – they don't have much. 877-867-1670. Uh, phone line's wide open, by the way. Wide open. Uh, Terry says, uh, how about them Brewers? I wish Christian Yelich would get off get off on oh, get off on St. Louis pitching. Uh, she says, or he says, depending on how you read it, uh, T-E-R-R-I is usually a girl, but says that uh, Yelich, started, if he starts hitting the ball, is going to be fantastic for this team. Rowdy Telez is okay. I really like the pitching. What happens if Wade Miley ends up being really good? This could be great. That's from Terry. Uh, I had said a while ago, Terry, that uh, Wade Miley could be could be kind of a um, you know an unsung hero, so to speak, if he comes in and solidifies the offense. But it's it's the same stuff we've been talking about. You know, a lot of people. You know, the, the other thing, and 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 thanks for the email. The other thing about this is that. If you look at the Brewers, there's a lot of talk, and we've heard a lot of it over the last couple of days. There's a lot of talk about the uh, the Brewers' negative side uh, and what's going on with you know Christian Yelich and obviously Rowdy Telez is not you know hitting the cover off the ball and all that kind of stuff. And I understand all of that, but you look at the positive side of this stuff and what they're doing right now and where they're at right now. I mean, come on, Weimer, Weimer. And and the cats in the middle, man. This has been awesome. This has been awesome. Garrett Mitchell, Brian Anderson, Brian Anderson, hell of a find. I mean, it's early in the season. I get it, but th- this has been exciting. You know, the two young guys have the two newcomers, if you will, have six home runs between them in the first week of the season, three and three. You know, and and, and good God, when you look at Mitchell's numbers. Uh, all or Brian Anderson's numbers. He already has ten RBI. Mitchell has five. Fifteen RBI between the guys. And you find it funny when Rowdy Telez, he's got the most strike or the second most strikeouts on the team. Brian Anderson and Garrett Mitchell, the third baseman and the center fielder, have combined less strikeouts than Christian Yelich. Combined. I mean, Joey Weimer only has three. Now he's batted seventeen times, but he's only got three. And your guy making the $29 million, it has 11 Now, again, I'm looking, trying to look at the positive thing. You can't help but say, what would this team be if if Christian Yelich suddenly hit 260? Whew. Would change the complexity of this team dramatically. And Rowdy Telez starts bombing a few. He's already got one home run in the season. You know he's going to hit you 25. Barring injury, you know he's going to get up there. But as good as things are right now with Anderson and Mitchell and, and – uh, and Bryce Terang, Joey Weimer, just 
it's all going to come back down and all equal out, and the back of the baseball card is going to become the back of the baseball card. You just hope that the back of the baseball card becomes Christian Yelich. Because if everybody comes down and Christian Yelich comes up and Ronnie Tellez comes up, then then you're in a you're, you're in a really good situation. But uh, but you're right. Uh, I I understand it. Where, where you're at with uh, both Christian Yelich and Ronnie Tellez, I get it. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Here's something else for you to think about. OPS, which is the new the new measuring stick by which people look at you know uh, the overall performance uh, offensive performance of a player. Rowdy Telez and Christian Yelich, who would you think is better? And Rowdy Telez has a bomb already. Who would you think is better? It's Christian Yelich, actually. Now, it's not by much, but Christian Yelich, his his OPS is 618, even though he's got 11 strikeouts. Rowdy Telez only has seven. Rowdy Telez, seven strikeouts and 19 at-bats. Christian Yelich, 11 strikeouts and 23 at-bats. But Christian Yelich batting with an OPS of 618 as opposed to 589 by Rowdy Telez. So you want to talk about the the bigger disappointment at this point would probably be Rowdy Telez. And you know Rowdy's going to come back and, like I said, hit you 25 bombs. He'll bat 240, maybe. Hit you 25 dingers and excite you and hopefully can play a decent first base. And, you know, his defense has been, you know, I think he's been unfairly maligned as a guy that, you know, can't do it. He's, he's made, you now granted, every now and then he can't make some plays, but. He's been okay. You know, he's not a stellar gold glove defender, but he's been okay over there. Can't complain. But you know what he's there for. 877-867-1670. Let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We got Joan. We got Michael and a whole bunch of people on hold. Hang in there on this good Friday. More of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up, and it's coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. show uh we continue on and uh enjoying the day on this uh, the sun is out uh the, the sun's still kind of popping in and out down at augusta as uh the masters continues on we'll have more coming up here in just a little bit with uh with uh, ben kenny as we get to about th- about 30 35 minutes away from uh from what do we miss but uh we'll get into that coming up here shortly uh, let's get back to the phone calls let's talk to michael michael welcome to the program man what's going on Hi, uh, I really enjoy the show. Thank you. And uh, I, I'm interested in the Rogers trade and all the news and information that's coming out. And I understand he's probably going to be a Jet. Um, but you guys earlier were talking about backup quarterback, maybe for the Packers and things like that. Could the Patriots be in play? I know they're looking at trying, I think, trying to get rid of Mac Jones. And I heard this morning they're possibly a sixth or seventh pick, you know, a round right. pick. And yeah. 
I mean, what do you think? Then he could uh, be a backup, and then you use some of that other draft capital for those positions, other positions you really need. I appreciate the phone call, Michael. I don't think that the Patriots are in play for Aaron Rodgers. And the, the reason why is because Rodgers has already stated he wants to go play for the Jets. You wouldn't then go to the Jets' rival in the division and go to the Patriots. Um, now, if the Packers, for whatever reason, believe that Mac Jones would be a quality backup or something like that or – you know, want to create some kind of a quarterback competition, I, I guess the Packers may make a move. I, You know, I, stranger things have happened, I guess. But I, you know, I, I I very much doubt that the Packers would be in the market for Mac Jones, and I very much doubt that they would, you know, I, I almost 100% of me says that there's no way Aaron Rodgers ends up in New England. First of all, um, not with all the drama that he brings because Bill Belichick doesn't want any of that there. And secondly, um, that uh, first of all, I don't think you're even a play, maybe a playoff contender, um, but you're probably even with Aaron Rodgers, you're probably still what is their new coordinators, Bill O'Brien. I don't think Rodgers would mesh with him. Your Rodgers is certainly not going to go in and talk about the organization the way he's talked about the Packers, not with Bill Belichick around. And you're not going to say, I'm coming out of the darkness, and my decision has been uh, and is now to go play for the New York Jets and make that announcement only to end up with <laughs> all of New York hating your guts even more because now you go to the rival in the New England Patriots. I just I don't see it. Um, the only way, the only storybook to this in this weird drama that's been would be as if some way, shape, or form, Rodgers, who likes Brady, has a lot of admiration and and love for Tom Brady, um, is if he talked to Brady and Brady said, you know what, you want to go win a championship, go play for Bill. He's a pain in the ass and everything else that goes along with it, but he'll get you there. He'll get you point A to point B. So maybe Rodgers would say, oh, okay, but I – Again, that is just a very, very, very far-fetched and winding, craptastic story. Uh, I, I no, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, John says, if the Jets don't get Aaron Rodgers, is, is this considered the butt fumbled the trade? They butt fumbled the trade. Nice, nice. I like that. I like that reference. Um. Merlin says uh, this is all Goody's fault, just as Wolf said that he regrets not getting far of weapons. The same could be said for Goody. Sammy Watkins, a uh, couple of rookies, I mean exactly. Um, the only other guy that was really out there, um, I mean, unless you make a trade. I See, I, it's easy to put it at Goody's feet. But they just, they, they it just, no, I'm not going to throw it all there. There's just so many circumstances that went into that deal. Because early on, you wanted to keep Devontae, but you couldn't talk to Devontae because you weren't sure what the money was going to be until after you figured things out with Rodgers. And then after you did, you offered Devontae more money to stay. But by then, a year later, Devontae was so mad, he just wanted to get the hell out. And he wanted to take his family back towards the uh, the West Coast and wanted to go back to Vegas. So he goes to Vegas, and then you have to go out and draft two or three rookies, actually, Samari Torrey throwing into that mix. And they picked up a guy that, 
they thought, well, maybe uh, you know, the grass is a little bit greener. He's not going to cost us a ton of money. We don't have a ton of money to throw around anyway to bring a veteran free agent in on this. Uh, and the guys that wanted big money, like Odell and all those guys, first of all, Odell never played because he never came back. And unless we made a trade for somebody, which they're not giving up draft capital, that could be maybe the out in all of this. You could say, yeah, that's Goody's fault. But, you know, they're going to hang on to this guy or that guy, and 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 then it just it never materialized. But I, I just think there was so many moving parts there. If you go back now, maybe you handle handle it differently. Certainly maybe you sit down and – and uh, and try to work something out earlier with Devontae to keep him, if you know you know then what you know now. But I, there was so many moving parts, and you spent so much time and effort kissing Roger's ass. I, it, it's and it's nothing that a lot of us, the majority of fan base, would not have done. 95% of the fan base, maybe maybe a little bit smaller, but most people wanted to see Rodgers come back, that they thought, okay, this three-year contract, you know, you've got him, it's settled, you don't have to worry about this crap anymore, and now you've got just move forward. You know, get Rodgers some pieces, and then think about it this way. If Rodgers was back this year, if Rodgers came back this year and he was ready to go and he was all in, which I've said all along, if he was all in, he'd be the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. But – if if he if he comes back and he's all in and you're sitting there with this this 15th draft choice i'm i'm trying to do anything and everything i can to go get in jigba to add him to the christian watson mix and then whatever salary i have under this uh, you know obviously draft choices i'm going to try try to grab myself a couple more defenders or maybe another wide receiver or even two but I'm doing everything I can to bolster the defense with that after the after the fact. Because then you'd have Njigba, you'd have Watson, whatever free agent you would pick up. You'd still have Romeo Dobbs. You'd still have Samari Torre. You've got six, seven guys. You've got an offensive line that's pretty much coming back intact. Two running backs that are viable, albeit, uh, you know, A.J. Dillon had a down year. There's, there's no denying that. And you, you have a lot of the same guys defensively, short of Adrian Amos, and you're going to get some guys back. So yeah, I mean, I'd do that in a heartbeat, and and then you'd be then you'd be right there. You'd be right there. So no, I I. And I believe this team would be better. I really do. The only because you'd be waiting for because you'd get. The year after the surgery and after the recovery from Elton Jenkins, he would be more solid. The year after he finally comes back and starts to play in David Bakhtiari, you put Josh Nyman over at right tackle. You still have John Runyon. You still have Josh Myers. You're, so your line is familiar. It's all set up for you. Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, you got to get a tight end. We know that. But, no, that's it, it's Perfect. Perfect. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. If you want to hit us up and uh, give me your thoughts, you can find that as well. But that's it, it, it's again. If Rogers would have said, "I'm coming back and I'm all in," like just after I said after the Detroit game, "I'm coming back and I'm all in, baby," he'd be here. He'd be the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. He'd be living through his legacy. Um, they would have forced them to do something with Jordan Love. Unless the Packers just flat out didn't want him anymore. But, it, again, I, I still think it was more on Rodgers than anything. Just like, 
Just like Favre told me the day they retired his number, he said, if I had just said I was coming back, I'd have been back. Then again, Rodgers wouldn't have been here, but you get the point. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Steny, second and National Walker's Point, home of the uh, famous, award-winning, numerous times over, Bloody Mary. They have terrific food. The garlic cheese bread, uh, the Bill Michaels garlic cheese bread is awesome. Uh, but the wings are a staple. That's what I go there for. They have terrific burgers. And some, if you just get a basket of fries, you can just get the fries and a beer and sit there and have yourself a meal. It's awesome. Steny, second and National Walker's Point, they run shuttles to all the games. It's the Bucks, the Brewers, you name it. They run shuttles to all the big events downtown in that area as well. And they take people to Packers games and even Badger games also. Second and National Walker's Point, that's steady. Stop in and tell them we said hi. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. friends out at JNL Tire and Service Center. And something was just making a loud noise. I thought maybe it was a grinding noise. It wasn't. It was the tires. I've never heard of cupping in the tires. I know what it means, but I've never had any tires that have done it. And basically it means it's running on the edges of the tire and not the middle of the tire. And, uh, and that the, the tire wasn't sitting flush on the ground, which was causing a lot of road noise. And so uh, they called the tire manufacturer and they said, look, he's only got 20-something thousand miles on a tire. And basically got them warranted. And so I got another set of tires. Uh, I walked away, other than paying a little bit of labor, nothing, and got the car aligned. I, it's the best it, it's been since the day I drove it off the lot. It's fantastic. And that's what you get. They could have told me anything. And I said, nope, cupping on the tires. We'll get it warranted for you. Uh, pay a little bit of labor. It was like 60 bucks, And out the door I went. And with huge peace of mind as I got some travel coming up. That's my friends at JNL Tire and Service Center in Johnson Creek on Highway 26 and 94, just north of 94, and in Watertown as well. I can't say enough about them. I can't thank them enough. Lyle and, and Chad and his entire staff, they're just great people, family-owned, and they're very philanthropic in the in the community. They give a lot back. So if you're looking for a place to go and you're looking for somebody you can trust, that's JNL Tire and Service Center. They are voted the best, and now I understand why. A um, couple things here real quick. This one is... Um, from John. John says, hey, Bill, just wondering if the Packers get the Jets number one, would they even have enough money to sign that pick and their own first-round pick? They would. Uh, they got money. They have about between 21 and $25 million under the cap right now. Um, so, yeah, they would have money. They would have maybe – they would need about maybe an $8, $8 million total. So they would end up with about, what, uh, $13 million, $14 million, I guess, under the cap for – maybe a free agent or something that, you know, a player you would have to sign during the season, something like that. Um, so, yes, to answer your question, that yes, they would. They would have enough money under the cap to be able to do it. So I just wanted to make sure we got that as far as uh, clarification goes. Uh, Jeff says, uh, this all sounds so enticing with the Cardinals coming to town. I have a gut feeling the Brewers are going to come back to earth. What do you think if they lose two out of three unit? I say I wouldn't. I would be disappointed because I'm excited for Brewers baseball. I and mean, it's the Cardinals. Duh. I I want to see the Brewers do well. It's the Cardinals. We've always just we've always just had this 
angst. Yadier Molina and Tony Larusa had a lot to do with it. They're obnoxious. They're, yeah, you're 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 right. It's 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 a a somewhat obnoxious fan base. They're not bad. I mean, it's not like they're not fight starters. That's not the Cardinals. That's not the Cardinals and their fans. They're obnoxious because they've been on top, and they it maybe it's not even obnoxious. Maybe it's just the fact that they're they've been on the pedestal for a long time in the division. You know, the Reds knocked them off one year. The Brewers knocked them off a couple years. You know, but for the most part, it's been the Cardinals. Cardinals or Cubs. Cubs were pretty good for for a period of time as well. But for the most part, the Cardinals have had a lot of success in that organization. So they do have the right to kind of be a little bit arrogant, you know? And especially when it comes to the Brewers. Not only did the Brewers, they they haven't won a World Series. The only World Series they went to, the Cardinals beat them. So there's always been that, I can't say for any younger generation person, but going back to 1982, anybody that was alive at that point in time remembers that. So, yeah, they've they've but but I, Cardinals fans, I've never had a problem with coming into um, coming into American Family Field. Because they they don't come in to plug up your toilets. They don't come in to start fights. They just come in to see their team and support their team. And the best part about having the stadium that we have is the fact that, you know, you know, you're going to have a game. How many times have you ever thought about going to a game at Wrigley? First thing you do is check the weather. You know, first of all, you got to buy tickets usually in advance, but you you, you check the weather. You check, God forbid. I mean, you can buy tickets day of up in Minnesota, but you always look. You know, hey, you want to? We're going to plan a trip. We're going to go see the Brewers. But do you buy tickets in advance? Not usually, because you got to check the weather. Miller Park, American Family Field. It's been. A godsend that you got a dome because doesn't matter. They know that they can come here. They can spend their money on the weekend. I uh, was just down at Pottawatomie today, and they said, look, they got a lot of people in from out of town, from St. Louis. They, it's a one-stop shop. You're down the street from the ballpark. You're, you know, what, um, a mile away. You could almost walk if you really wanted to. Not that I would advise it, but you could almost walk. The Cardinals are good. Their fan base comes into town. You're sitting downtown. at the, the You have the restaurants. You have gaming. You have, you're close to downtown in the entertainment district. you got the Harley Museum right down the street. They come into town. They spend their money. And then you go, you know, then you go to American Family Field. You know you're going to get the game and you leave. The Cardinals fans aren't terrible. Cubs fans are obnoxious. So they're arrogant. Obnoxious would be Cubs fans. Uh, rowdy, I don't know rebellious whatever whatever you want to throw behind them i mean that that's been twins fans cincinnati and pittsburgh fans they just come just to get out of town they just come in here just to go to a different ballpark they come into town going ah, it would be great if we got a win but we know our team suck but we heard you got great beer we heard you have great food it's a cool downtown yeah you know and that's it who else is there Am I missing somebody? White Sox fans? White Sox, eh, White Sox fans are a little more rambunctious. But anybody else in the area? Nah. You know, I'm good. Uh, Jason says, remember the old AL days, uh, the Yankees and the White Sox? Yeah. Yankees fans, like I said, Yankees fans, <laughs> they're obnoxious in the fact of, of what they'll yell, but they yell it at everybody. They're equal opportunity insulters. That's the best thing about Yankee fans. Mets fans don't travel as much. Yankee fans will travel. 
<coughs> excuse me, Yankee fans will travel. But when Yankees fans come here, they'll 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 boo you, they'll call your mom all these nasty names, the whole thing. But the minute one of their guys screws up, they're calling their mother a nasty name. Like all those moms are all nasty getting together out there in one big mosh pit of nastiness. They don't care. They're calling everybody nasty. So that's why Yankees fans crack me up. They equally they they they're equal opportunity insulters, man. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. You want to find us, uh, go ahead and do so. Again, 877-867-1670. Uh, Kyle says you're spot on. Spot on. Last time I heard a Yankees fan, he was yelling at Aaron Judge for striking out with two runners on. This is Aaron Judge, for God's sakes. He called him a name. Judge looked up and smiled as if it was something that was usual. There you go. Told you. The Yankees were here, what, a year ago or two years ago? I think it was, was it last year? Boston's coming to town this year. The Red Sox are going to be here this year. But I think it was last year I think the Yankees were here. Or for a, a preseason exhibition or something like that. I can't remember. But, yeah, Yankees fans, they're, they're a different breed too, man. No doubt about it. Um. Yeah, Notably, ahead, though, this weekend you have the Battle of the Contreras, the Battle of the Brothers. Oh, Wilson and uh, William. I would call it a revenge game, but I don't know who would get revenge on the other, given right. they're both yeah. on new teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, William Contreras and Wilson Contreras. Wilson Contreras, formerly of the Cubs, he went down to St. Louis. And William Contreras, uh, coming over from Atlanta, he is now the new catcher for the Milwaukee Brewers, so... High five there to both Contreras's. I'd love to see William obviously get the better of his his brother. A <laughs> couple of bombs, a couple of guys gunned down over at uh, over at second base or third base. I wouldn't mind that at all. Take that in a heartbeat. Uh, hey, Unit, uh, what have you heard about Jesse Winker being a clubhouse cancer? Uh, oh, no. Uh, what have you heard about uh, Jesse Winker being a clubhouse cancer? Uh, the rumor for him coming out of Seattle was that he was not a well-liked guy. Uh, as a matter of fact, so far, the opposite. It's been, uh, I have personally, I have not, then again, I haven't been in the clubhouse, but I have not heard anything. Just in my talks when we talked with uh, Kevin Holden from CBS 58 the other day, and Kevin's down there, um, haven't heard anything. Um, it's been a pretty good clubhouse as far as the uh, the Brewers go. And I think part of that is, just managerial because Greg Council doesn't really put up with He addresses that stuff. He doesn't put up with that crap. And it's not that he's just disciplinary and saying, you're not going to do this. I think it's just like, you know, he's pretty much on that level with those guys. And, uh, and let's be honest. I mean, Jesse Winker's 30 years old, 29, 30, something like that. He's, he's considered a little bit more of a veteran and you've got guys like, well, I know Brian Anderson's 29, but Christian Yelich is what? 31. I think. I think Christian Yelich is just—he's the—he's the veteran of the bunch. Um, well, I mean, other than like Luke Voigt, Luke Voigt's a little bit older. Luke Voigt is, uh, but he's not—he's not one of your, you know, clubhouse leaders, if you will. And then your—who's the oldest player on the team? Well, oh, Wade Miley—he's what the oldest player, or, or what Matt Bush, I think, in the bullpen, but beyond that, I can't think. I saw yesterday too. You know, the Brewers are the heaviest team in baseball. Weight-wise, combined weight. They're the thickest. Thickest, yes. <laughs> yeah, they're thick. P-H-A-T, fat, yes. Um, 
Well, I think, uh, let's see here, Wade Miley, he's a little bit heftier pitcher. Brandon Woodruff's a big dude. Corbin Burns is a pretty big dude. Roddy Telez, big dude. Who else? Christian Yelich is 12 pounds soaking wet. Luke Voigt, Luke bench Voigt. guy. Yeah. And what don't, I mean, you know, Weimer is, Weimer's what, 6'4? But then again, he's only 200 pounds, 205 pounds, but he's 6'4. He's a big dude. Bryce Wilson's 267, at least how it's listed. Really? Did not know that. How big's Hobie Milner? What's he listed at? 184. 184. I was going to say, he's a taller dude. I didn't know what he'd be listed at. He's like Gumby. That's a good Friday content. There you go. Okay, let's do this. When we come back, what did we miss? What did we miss today? We've been swinging at damn near everything today, as a matter of fact. Good stuff today on the program. But uh, Ben will have it when we come back. What did we miss on the Bill Michaels Show? Next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good fish fry, a beer, or maybe the fish fry, and then head upstairs. Specialty cocktail. Boy, to talk about a tale of two cities. Uh, that is our friends at Buzzard Billy's in the Starlight Lounge upstairs on Pearl Street in La Crosse. One's on top of the other. Buzzard Billy's downstairs, Starlight Lounge upstairs. And uh, Buzzard Billy's really good food. Uh, I see families in there all the time, people hanging out at the bar all the time, watching games. But then you go upstairs to the Starlight Lounge, and a lot of people don't know about that place. It's a 50 styles cocktail lounge. 1950s. It looked like it just fell right out of the 50s and 60s. Located on the second floor, and it's just, I've always said it looks like the Rat Pack's going to come out and sing for you at any point in time. Great martinis, scotches, bourbons, they got it. That's both Buzzard Billy's, if you're looking for a good fish fry tonight, and then obviously our friends upstairs at the Starlight Lounge. Really, really, really good place. Good stuff. All right, it's time. What did we miss? Bill. How many burritos do you think you could eat in 10 minutes? Cadoba burritos. In 10 minutes, maybe one and a half. <laughs> maybe. If I really put my mind to it, maybe one and a half. Which is very but bleak. That's, that's, it's, it's, yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not a gorger in that sense. But maybe one and Two if I'm really starving hungry. But I used to order two of them. Uh, for football games on Sundays when I was in studio, and I'd eat one in the first half, one in the second, and then I, by the time I went to do the show, the post-game show, I wanted to throw up. It'd be in a stretcher. So, yeah, that would be it. That would be it. I'd look like a snake that ate a rabbit. So, yeah, I think I could do two in ten minutes if I fasted for three days leading into it. I don't. Right. My, my stomach doesn't handle burritos well. So, mm-hmm. remember, they had the Cadoba Burrito Eating Championship. At the Deer District on Thursday, yesterday. I am going to send you the tweet. I will ask before I send it to you, is there anything bubbling in your stomach that could be vomited by seeing something? No, no, I'm good. I haven't really. I had a little bit. I had two eggs this morning. That was it. All right. Well, again today, the video is of Joey Chestnut 
eating 14 and a half burritos. Oh, my God. In 10 minutes. That's disgusting. Oh, my God. (laughs) Look at that mess. Oh, crap. He's eating it like a hot dog. Like, you know how they do the hot dog eating competition. They do a dog and then a bun, and then they, but they just throw the hot dog yeah, down his no, throat. Yeah, no, that's, oh, my God. Look at that mess. Holy crap. He's got beans and stuff and rice squashed all over his grill. Oh, oh my God. Uh, for those that want to be grossed out like I just was, uh, I just retweeted it. So go find it. You <laughs> can follow me at, at Bill underscore Michaels, at Bill underscore Michaels. Oh, my God. I need to find the numbers of the other contestants because I would assume maybe the maximum is three. Yeah, that's man. Um, I I searched it. I'll I'll get back on the okay on the results of that. So that's going on. I was gonna go to Chipotle today, but (laughs) but not anymore. No longer. Nope. No longer. I'm gonna eat a Cliff Bar. Um. So at the Masters, the the yes. rain is, is beginning to come down a bit. There's actually some controversy. So I don't know if this has been widely discussed enough. I, I'm not a rules expert. This is just what other people are talking about. Brooks okay. Kepka on the 15th yes. hole Thursday is playing with, I believe, Keith Mitchell, one of his okay. playing partners, or Gary Woodland it was. And Kepka okay. hits a five iron into the par five. And then... His caddy, which apparently you're not allowed to do, goes to the other caddy and tells him five. You can see on video, he audibly says five. And Kepka, while he's taking his glove off, flashes a five to tell Gary Woodland what he hit. Which is, like, you could do it subtly as long as it's not... It's breaking the rules to tell somebody else what club you hit to give them an advantage. So, Augusta looked at it and decided not to penalize Brooks or anybody else for what happened. But all of the golf purists on Twitter are losing their minds and saying that he actually should be two shots worse than he is right now. I, I don't care. He, he I, I really don't. He didn't do anything to give himself a better lie. He was helping somebody else. It, it, it I don't care. It's, it's, I, I understand it. If you were trying to help a buddy beat somebody else, I understand it. Okay, uh, sportsmanship wise, but. I, I, it doesn't matter to me. He's not swinging a club. He's not, you know. I, my question would be, what did what did Mitchell do after that? Woodland, I, I or think Woodland he hit the green. I don't know. It's very normal, yeah. but for right. maybe a caddy to, while he's cleaning the club, show it on purpose, as opposed right. to audibly saying it. Right. I'll tell you why I care. I think I do care, only because he is four shots clear of Sam Bennett, and then five of Rom, and six of a bunch of other dudes. I want an interesting weekend, and if he runs away with it, it's going to be a very boring Sunday. He is four shots up on Sam Bennett. John Rahm, after six, is sitting at seven under. He's even on the day. Uh, Colin Morikawa and Victor Hovland. uh, Colin Morikawa, three under for the day, six under for the tournament, moved up nine spots, and he's got himself now tied for fourth. Hovland, uh, one over so far after seven. Uh, not the start he wanted. And then you've got a whole bunch of guys, uh, Jason Day included, and Jordan Spieth sitting at five under. So basically seven shots back. Now, if the weather turns, uh, depending on when the weather turns tomorrow, it could hurt Brooks Kepka. He had the privilege of going out earlier today when the course was still tight. 
and and playable, whereas these guys are going to start hitting shots that aren't going to go nearly as far as the rain starts to come down and it starts to really, really soften up the fairways and the greens. So my point is, I hope he comes back down to earth, but it, I'm, I'm not, no, I... He's playing his ass off right now. i got to give Brooks Kepka credit for it. And you and I both talked about it, that once the knee pains were gone and out of his, you know, out of, out of you know, kind of in the past, he's fine. I'm good with that. But that's where they credit. stand at the Masters. Yeah. I just want... What else? Anything else real quick? Yeah. Uh, Stetson Bennett threw out the first pitch of the Braves game today, and it was an absolute cannon. And he is rocketing out my draft boards. That's what we're <laughs> The only problem He's was rocketing up the draft board. His shorts were a little too short, probably. Weird, okay. w- weird look going on, and it was definitely a ball. And yeah. he threw it so hard, the guy catching the ball couldn't catch it. So maybe his arm right. is too strong. We don't know, but uh, to me, that's a plus. All right. I I just now I got the whole between the Joey Chestnut stuffing his grill and Stetson Bennett in shorts that are too shorts. Now now I'm now I'm kind of ill. <laughs> oh, by the way, the golf tournament. I'm being told that uh, Scott signed up today. He said there's only four spots left for the tournament. I don't know if that's four foursomes or four people, but you better get in uh, for the Bill Michaels Open cutting, coming up on Saturday, May 6th at Barocco Hills Golf Course. Call them 608-637-7615, and uh, we'll give you an update as to where they are on Monday, but only four spots remaining, they say. I don't know if that's four foursomes or four total people, but call out there. All right. Have a great weekend. Time for us to go. Have a good one. Soup.